Yo, podcast people, um, hello, que tal, um, it is super late on a Sunday, I'm recording this for the episode to go out on the Wednesday, um, it's an episode that we recorded back in June, so we were very much in the throes of lockdown, um, and some, I got, got someone just hit, kind of hit me up on Instagram and said, you've got to chat to this dude, he's amazing. And we managed to kind of figure out a day and did it via Zoom. And it was just such a great chat because what it showed me, which I hope it shows you, is that no matter where you're at, there is always something that you can do. And that belief, that inner belief to just follow your gut and follow your dreams is what this man has done his entire life. And he's kind of 30 years into directing and he still finds that new passion and he still finds that next project. Um, you know, he could probably just be sitting in his mansion, <laughs> counting his money, watching all the you know beautiful films that he's made. Um, but he decides to kind of challenge himself. And I guess in these challenging times... Um, it's nice to hear someone of that caliber still push themselves. So enjoy the app. Big love. So hello, ladies and gentlemen, film gods, podcast listeners, you absolutely amazing, wonderful people. Um, it's now, I, got, I actually don't know how many weeks we've been in lockdown here in the UK. It feels like it's been forever, but it's absolutely flown by. Um, and a lot has happened these last couple of weeks and we've been charting in loads of different countries and the opportunity to, to speak to someone, um, across the pond, um, who's such a lovely person. And, um, I just, I'm so, I'm so glad that he said yes. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go across the pond. We're not, it's not UK today. Um, so without further ado from you, from me, sorry. Um, what is your name, sir? And what is your role on the call sheet? Hello there, my name is Kai, Kai Sear, and uh, on the call sheet you would call me director. Amazing. And what does being a director mean to you? Oh, um, it is, I have to say, it, it was always, it, it's, it's something that, that I grew into, uh, and I love um, basically the creativity in it, obviously. You know, I think that's, that's the main part, and uh, as a director, I mean, you can go so so many different routes, you know. I did uh, music videos for over 10 years. Uh, now I do a ton of commercials, and at the same time, I'm very much uh, deeply involved into documentary projects. And uh, I love the, I sort of the, yeah, the creative freedom is for me the most important thing that I love uh, that I like about the job, and it's something that. You know, that comes from childhood because as a kid, I loved to watch TV series. And then as a, you know, a young, as a teenager, I went to the movie theaters all the time, um, which I still do as much as any possible. And I think there's something that pushed me in that, into that direction. Amazing. Now, I, I, I kind of want to delve into, I'd love to delve into the, the differences in all those processes, but I'd love to just hear the story of, of, of where you started and how you got over to to where you are now um, in America. So just, I'd I'd love to just get that kind of story, that little narrative, and then I'd love to get your opinion and and how the process is from um, 
TV and commercials and, and documentary and if you have to use like a different directing hat? Sure. Um, let's let's start with the with my history, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. I, I basically, I basically um, did a when I was looking as a young as a what a twenty year old you know, after yeah. after school, I I looked for my calling. What what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I and I did an internship at a BBDO at the ad agency. In my hometown, Düsseldorf, Germany. Okay. I think it, it was about six, it took six months, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I sort of liked it, but it wasn't, you know, it was an office job, and I know that an office job wouldn't necessarily be mine. Yeah. Uh, but what happened during that internship was um, quite interesting because I went, uh, I was able to go with uh, an art director onto a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I saw the photographer, when I had the atmosphere, when I saw what he was doing, I was super thrilled. And I thought like, yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then uh, a little later, I went um, and got me an internship as a photo assistant. And I, um, I was able to um, assist a really well-known, a really good photographer at the time um, for about a year and a half. And then with her, the studio moved to the island of Mallorca for half a year. And there, I was more bound to do um, work on the studio, you know, nice. more construction work than actual than actual photography. And that half year, I had enough of that. Yeah, I became a builder, <laughs> and it was it, it was okay for me, you know. But when uh, let's say the photographer went off to do a photo shoot somewhere else, and I was still building that the the house or the studio, it, yeah. you know, I was cut. Uh, I grew frustrated, and uh, and I said like that's it. I uh, moved back um, to my hometown, Düsseldorf, and then I looked around for another uh, job as an assistant for a phot- for a photography. And a friend of mine didn't fi- didn't find one right away. Mm. Um, and then a friend of mine pointed out that a film a production company would uh, they were looking for a camera assistant. Nice. I'm like, well, you know, let's let's do it. I went there. They they took me. And um, so I dove into the world of film. Wow. And I was an AC for about, I don't know, one and a half years. Mm-hmm. But it dawned me after about a year, it was a ton of fun, but a lot of work. A lot of work. I mean, I think back in the day, my longest work day was like 64 hours. What? You know, without sleep. Yeah. What? You know. What? Do you, yeah. How do you even work efficient? Like, you know, hour 18. Once you hit hour yeah. 18, for, you know, that 14 to 18 is madness. Once you go past the 20 hour, I don't even like, we've done it all. We've all done it. But I, I honestly, how do you get to 64 hours? I don't know either. I mean, it wasn't all legal. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. But, you know, we did a, we did a very long shoot, almost like 20 hours. And then obviously I was called up in the office. I mean, after 20 hours, 20 hours, you know yourself, you're like, wow. oh, Jesus. Yeah. I was called up to the office and I like, hey, mate, we need someone who's going to uh, to pick up a prop in Vienna, which is like a 12-hour drive or something like that. What? You know? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Jesus. You know, so, so I, I drove to Vienna, picked up something, um, you know, a prop we needed. Yeah. We desperately needed for a shoot. Uh, drove back home and drove back. Arrived at the studio. You know that was already day two. Yeah. And uh, obviously there was still shooting going on. And they're like, yeah, well, 
let's go. You know? <laughs> so oh was, my lord, that's and that's anyway, I guess it's it the was, slight craziness a, that you need to have. It's super like that, you know that that kind of stuff doesn't really happen now because that's just super dangerous and the industry's changed. But there's that level of there is there has to be that level of kind of crazy that every single film crew that I've seen, you know, you just gotta. It's not a nine to five. You go to the same office, you know. You talk no. to the per person no, no, opposite no. you, and you know you do your paperwork and you go home. Does that? Does that little? Was that just pure passion and and? It, or were you just too scared to kind of say, yeah, I kind of feel a little bit tired. I think I need to sleep. No, you know what? Back in the day, I, it was, for me, it was pure passion. Mm. I think whatever I do, I, I do it, you know, as good as any possible. Mm. That's something that is in me. And, and, but I have to say, you know, I, um, I, lo I love where we are. I love the fact that it's almost like a, a, a pirate ship. You know, every, and, and of course, nowadays you wouldn't do it anymore. But I have to say, I look back at it and laugh because I yeah. thought it was good. And I grew up with skateboarding and punk rock music. So for me, it's just like, yeah, you know, rock and roll, let's do it. Yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. care. And at the end of the day, something, I'll tell you later, something really great came out. So it, it was basically, we were pushed really hard um, by the owner of the company. But at the same time, he rewarded, rewarded us greatly. So, and I loved the job so i basically didn't care at the end of the day i enjoyed it and <laughs> i have fun so what was the yeah what happened what was the what was the positive well the positive later you know because after after let's say a year a year um united was one of the it was one of the old school studios back in the 80s hmm. where we had all the cam we had several cameras 35 mils 60 mils um we had all the lighting with all the grip equipment everything and um you know after about a year and a half it was it was clear to me that i would not want to become a dop okay um what it made was you say too that? technical for me well for me honestly it was more you know when i watched when i was sitting there and you know deemed, uh, uh, doing uh, video recording and doing the clap uh, the, being the clapper loader and everything uh you know obviously you watch all the people that you work with and you know and you you think you put you know you project yourself into that situation do yeah. you want to be let's say a gaffer or do you want to be a dop yeah. what is the dop thing and, and and then and then i watch obviously closer and closer to the director who tells the story you yeah. know who is and and it taught me that telling the story was for me more um more tempting you know to have that big overview to tell the story was for me more tempting than to create the images mm. it's just something that that's in you and and for me also i have to say um being a vp was for me too technical at the end mm. of the day mm. you know i like i love the freedom to talk and think about the the the, the story uh, how will the actors or the models or whatnot what what kind of story are you having fun with and and so i went i went for that now i'm still in that same company and i went up to my to my boss um and i said like hey listen here's the thing i want to become a director mm. um and i and that in my free time i wrote a little um little short film a script nice. for a short film and i went up to him and said like well listen i want to become a director would you mind helping me can i maybe borrow some of our equipment for a little short film that i'm planning to do and he looked at me and he said like 
you can have the whole studio do whatever you like. Wow. So I thought that was, you know, so I thought that was quite amazing. Awesome. That is amazing. You kind of think the amount of thousands of pounds that runners, clapper loaders, anyone like that that wants to be directing, you've got to work away, save a bit, work away, save a bit, work it, you know, and then to just a bit yeah. to get the access to a studio. That's really, now, was that something that he or she, the owner of the company, did did often or did you just have a, a special relationship that that you know you'd work really hard for them and they just went yeah okay look here's here's a chance i think that that was it i mean he was he was he was a very very interesting <laughs> character he was very very unique hmm. he would push you he was for example he was complete um how do you say that a clean freak oh yeah Everything, everything in the studio. We had a huge studio. It was, it was on a um, horse ranch actually, mm. outside of Düsseldorf, and it was amazing. I, I haven't seen anything like it throughout the last thirty years of my career. Anything, and uh, everything was top-notch. And but everything, we, I mean, we cleaned every day, you know. But he, he would push us. So, um, you know, again, twenty-hour days. No, you know, that's that's what it was. Yeah. But then he also is like, hey, you want lunch for the crew? Let's have all sushi from the best place in Düsseldorf. You know what I mean? Nice. So he, he he knew exactly what he was doing. Mm. I had one I had one thing with him and I think it tells you a little bit to answer that question who he is. He um we had lunch um we went with a crew and we only had half day and to make this a very long story short, it we ended up the crew ended up in my hotel room and we completely destroyed the hotel room. It was an international uh, crew with like Dutch people, British people, and we had a sort of a room party. But then I woke up and the whole room was trashed. Obviously, you know we we kept the next day we kept shooting. Yeah. A month later. Did you have to put like the, the little office. please do not clean thing on the handle. You're like, yeah. I can't let I can't let the cleaner in today. We smashed the telly. We've oh done man, a, I mean, a Led Zeppelin. I mean, the, the, it, it was Led Zeppelin style. I mean, <laughs> the, the, one of the beds was completely broken, oh, no. torn apart. I mean, one I don't know who you know started to rip off the wallpaper. <laughs> um, you know, but you the, did say you were a punk rock was, and a skateboarder. You know, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet bowl was filled with little Jägermeister glasses. It was terrible. So, nevertheless, <clears throat> um, nevertheless, a month later, he calls me up into the office, right? And he says, like, he looks at the paper and he shows it to me. And it's an invoice for um, renovating that particular hotel room. Wow. It's like, well, <laughs> I figured it was like. You know, it was uh, it was your room. Is, is that correct? And I'm like, yes, sir, it was. And he's like, would you mind me telling who was like part of that whole ordeal? And I'm like, well, I'd rather not if you don't mind. I mean, it's my fault at the end of the day anyway. It's my room, so I'm responsible. And he looks at me and he's like, you know what? I respect that. That's mm-hmm. all right. So, um I was, hoping, I was hoping you'd turn around and you go, he was really pissed off that you hadn't invited him in. <laughs> Most likely because he was there actually, but he was like, you know, but he said like, okay, here's the deal. Looks like fun. Yeah. It's fine by me. I pay for it. Don't worry about it, but I won't have anything like that again. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. 
you know, and I walked out and it was all fine. So that's who he, that's who he was, you know, and that's why I think he, he lost, he, he, he expected you to work really hard and to do everything that you're asked for, like mm. 64 hours. But if you ask for, can you rent me a car or can I get this or, or can I use all the super expensive film equipment? Mm. You know, I mean, I shot my first short on 35 millimeters. Wow. It was quite ridiculous. What was that like? Did you feel ready? Had, you know, was it your first real attempt at, at directing? How did that go? Um, I think the film turned out um, quite well. Um, I was recognized by my hometown, you know, as a film of art, which was nice. Wow. I don't know particularly, I can't say, I wouldn't say that I was ready. Mm. Um, I, it was more of like, I don't try it, I just do it kind of deal. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, at the end of the day, when, when I, are you ever really ready, ready, ready until you do it, you know, then, yeah. then you find out, I guess. Um, but it was, it was quite an exciting, it wasn't an important, obviously it was an important, important stepping stone for me in my career and on, in moving on. So we did it, we edited it. It was exciting to have it. We rented a, a um, movie theater in, in my hometown in Dusseldorf, had a big premiere party or a big party and, uh, it was well received also in the press, so so it made me proud and happy, and it, it gave me the energy to to push on. Amazing. And what did pushing on look like? What did you do? What were the next steps? Oh, <laughs> the next step from there became really small because um, back in Dusseldorf there were weren't many film production companies, and I wanted to move on and assist other directors. Hmm. Um, in my hometown because I so far it wasn't it didn't tell me that I have to move away that came just a year later but and I went to another production company and I asked and I knew that um, the director who owns it and I said like hey can I only become a director I did that this film now and can I assist you maybe for a while so that I learn you know more about the trade of directing and he but he rejected me he said no I don't want to breed you know my other directors, I don't do that because mm. next time, next time you get the job and I lose it. So, you know, he was very, he was yeah. very tough about that. He's like, okay, got it. And then I, <clears throat> and then I found my own um, production company, um, did it with a with a couple of friends, and we started to see what we can do. You know, mm. it was quite it was quite absurd. And but the great thing was, is that we. Um, um, a friend of mine came to me and asked me if, I, if we want to do those um, those videos for um, karaoke. You know, nice. when you go to the karaoke yeah, bars, yeah. you have those videos in the background and stuff. Uh, and I think it was I think it was Pioneer, and they offered me I mean very little money, but they offered me to do my the production company slash me to do twenty music videos for for karaoke. Wow. Right? And we sat down at that point and said, like, yeah, let's let's take it. And I sat down with my part with my partner, who was a uh, or he still is a DOP, mm. you know. And it was the beginning of our careers. And we said, like, okay, now we have this amount of money to do 20, 20 of those videos. Either we make them, and the possibility obviously was either make them cheap and get some money out of it, mm. 
or try to push as much you know as much as possible into the production of the of those videos so that we wow. have something that we can build up a reel right and awesome. we did that so and for me it was that that was for me i have to say that was one of the uh, that's where i got experience because i think we shot like i'd say over several weeks we shot like four a week you know so so we went and it was crazy but by by the time it went through you know i was I, at least somewhat experienced you know yeah, we had our 20 music and... videos under your belt that might take a director years to do 20 music yeah no videos. exactly and plus we said like you know what they they don't you know how they are they if you look at them if you ever did karaoke it's terrible but we what we did is like we rented a 16 millimeter camera hmm. because so so that my my business partner the dp he could like practice shooting music videos and he, he would work on film, you know, and for me, it looked good. Mm. And after that, we can edit a reel and, you know, and we go on, you know. And so did that, and after what did that, that lead to? Well, that led to uh, our for my first job as a, um, for an ad agency, mm-hmm. also by, also by accident. Um, but it was back in the day, I think it was, I believe it was the late eighties and uh, you know, the, the, and there was just like, some, um, let's say, um, you know, the, the, the far right at that point, like there were riots from the far right yep. uh, in Germany, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and so, and so my bodies and me, we looked at that, you know, they, they I think they, back in the day, they torched even a, um, um, how do you say that? Um, refugee camp. Okay. You know, and we were and we were shocked by it. Wow. We were shocked by it, and we sat together with a huge bunch of creatives and friends around the company, and we came up with a pro- uh, with a project of, and we wrote two films uh, against um, against that. You know, mm. so so there's more of a more of a social, um, you know, um, for uh, refugees. Yeah, and foreigners in the country. We wrote that, and then we approached, you know, like super naive. We really approached um, a couple of ad agencies, sent it to them, or went went there and said, like, "Hey, we wrote this. Um, how do you say? What do you think about it? Let us know. It would be great." And we really, we literally got a phone call the next day, saying, "Hey, this is exactly what we were looking for. Wow. We want to do it." Yeah. You know. Well, you kind of hit the zeitgeist, you know, that kind of, you know, because it's finding a topic that's that's meaningful. um, You know, you're going to be able to find a voice, you know, you give your voice to it. And is that is that is finding your, you know, for for a for a project of that passion or for that for that depth of of, um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but for for a project like that that's not you know it's not just a, a chocolate bar commercial it's it's got depth to it do you come yeah. at it from a different did you have to come at it from a different perspective no i think it just came out it it honestly it came out of our rage about what 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 had happened hmm. we were upset about it you know and we we felt that this is an injustice and we have to do something about it Mm. And I have to say, it was amazing, you know, so we, we all sat in a cafe or in, in, our, in our little tiny production 
company, which was my living room, more or less. And we had like several artists from that tiny, tiny film community and everybody dipped in. And um, so I think that's, that's what, you know, gave, gave it so much energy. Mm. And we were quite thrilled that then one ad, ad agency said like, well, we're going to do something like that. The films are completely right. Let's meet, let's do it. You know, and then we have to, and we had to scramble to, um, to produce it, you know, mm. because we never did anything like that before. It was crazy. Yeah, it's like you're making your own luck, you know. You... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's almost like the short film, you know. Suddenly, it, it was also a weird moment because suddenly, it's like they they called they called me, you know. Keep in mind, still landline phones and all, and you know, and they're like, "Yeah, you got the job. Send us a budget." And I'm like, "Okay, we'll do. Uh, can I do it in two days? Yeah, the sooner the better." Okay, click. Never had a budget. Didn't know anything about it. You know. Uh, add another couple of zeros, you know, you're just like, okay, <laughs> one million. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then I called my old production company, you know, the old producer I told, uh, told you about and mm. uh, asked them to send me a, a, um, a budget sheet, you know? Yeah. And then I basically learned from, from that sheet, we learned how to do it. We send it in. There were, the TV producer was happy about it. We're like, okay, cool. And uh, and we did it, and then we had these. Um, we created two films. I produ- we produced two films. I directed one of them. Wow. And you know, suddenly I had I had a reel, and then I I spent that reel. Um, I mean, it was a small one, but it it was a reel, mm. and I sent it out to. Uh, and then at a certain point, I was like, okay, what's next? Um, are we at a dead end here in in our town, or what's happening? And then I sent it over to um, a production company in Hamburg. And uh, they liked the reel and called me and asked me if I wanted to come over. And I uh, drove to Hamburg. And then next thing I know is I, I moved to Hamburg. Wow. And all of this, oh. it doesn't, it kind of, you know, you, there's some, some people kind of go to film school or went to, did meet, you know, all of that. You, there, it didn't seem like there was any of that. It was just like, I think I want to do this. Oh, you went comes... and did it. And then I think I wanted to do that. Yeah. So you went and did it. There was a lot of just kind of gut instinct. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I, and I, film school comes later, and that also had a reason. But it was gut instinct, and I think a pure, pure passion, and just like, as you said, go out and go out and do it, you know? Mm. Um, and, and I obviously also, you know, a fair amount of luck. You know, being, being yeah, but you made your own luck there. You know, you you kind of you got an idea. You wrote to the, you know, you worked hard. You asked him, "Can I make a short film?" He said yes. You you saw the thing. You wrote an idea. You pitched it to people. You didn't just sit at home talking about the idea. You went out and you made. You know, you kind of sent it to ad agencies. I, I, like I, luck. I, the more I talk to people on here, yes, luck is part of it. But you you put yourselves. Um, there's a chap called Johnny Frankel who's a who's a uh, producer and exec producer and and he and it was the thing that he said it was like you know you make your own luck and 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 it's suddenly something flicked in my head when you kind of talk about it and you go yeah you know you as a camera assistant worked hard you then asked can i make a short film you then came up with an idea and you got you know it's it's there's a lot of anyway i'm waffling you know what i mean yeah yeah no, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've lucked this part, but you're, you're absolutely right. And I would even call it sometimes uh, being just like, 
um, also with, with a certain amount of uh, naivety, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if you would tell me now, um, you know, hey, I have an idea and I send it to an ad agency, you're like, mm, those chances are really low, you know? Yeah. But I, back in the, but I, I, you know, I kept doing it. I mean, I, and I, I remember when I, um, I was, I was always a big Nick Cave fan and, uh, you know, some several times, uh, and 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 then I read his first book and uh, and the Earth the Angel, mm-hmm. and I thought like, well, maybe I can make a, um, a script script out of it. That would be awesome. And I flew to London and really met his um, the publisher, talked to him, and he said, you know, after after it set in London, he like for an hour, he said like, yeah, I give you the rights for a year. I'm like what? I didn't even have to pay anything. Wow. So I think that's a good example of being naive loving something and then talk to people and see how far it goes you know mm. amazing so so let's you, you kind of touched on it there when i kind of mentioned film school now for me in my head you kind of the, the progression would be a, you know film school camera assistant director but it feels like you've kind of went camera assistant well runner camera well photography camera assistant director yep. And then you went to film school. So what was the reasoning and what was the thought process behind then going to film school? Well, you know, I did, I did a couple, I moved to Hamburg, did a couple of commercials there. I think was my second commercial. I was, here we are again. I was lucky enough to win my first um, Lion and Cannes. Mm, wow. And then, and then, but then I was, there was, and I started to do music videos, you know, mm. um, a lot of them, but then there was uh, there's certain need in me either for to go for features, um, but I wanted to learn further. I thought like I was, and I still am a believer that you that it would be perfect if you work on set as much as you can and ideally on different positions because I think that's the be- that's for me the best film school to this mm-hmm. day. Yeah. But I wanted to learn. I I just at that very moment I thought I I learn a little bit more would be good you know um and then there was always this weird i had this weird uh, dream of mine to go to the u.s Mm. so i basically i basically um at a certain point i applied to the american film institute and that was literally the only film school i applied to and they don't they only take uh, 25 directors a year but they they took me and so (laughs) <laughs> so I packed my bags and uh is that because of your show real because of your history or what what did they did they look at what you've done and gone right we're just putting the icing on the cake here you know we're not kind of you know did, would your, did your experience get you there did they tell you why that you why you were chosen uh they didn't tell me but I you know I think I think it was the icing of the cake I think um you know because what you did is you sent the real Mm. Um, you know, at this point, at that point, I think it was a fairly okay reel already. Mm. Um, and then it wasn't, you know, it, because still it wasn't too com- too, too commercially. Mm. You know, there was still bits and pieces of art or free work and um, music video bits in. And then obviously, you know, you write a letter to them and then you, you have an interview. The AFI conducts an interview with you where the director of the school talks to you for an hour you know? nice. and um and that's your well, brain sees you know sees you, if you've got a passion for you know just or is it just a chat 
No, they pick our brain. I think it is about passion, and they want to know who you are and where your passion is and why you really want to, you know, go to the AFI. Mm. And uh, and I found it quite interesting later because what they do and they I, I said they I think they did a good job there because uh, in one year you only have like 120 students, but they sent you they showed you the reel of all different students. You know we came together in the, nice. in the movie theater and we watched those so that you get to know the pe- people and it was quite interesting mm. to see what they chose because sometimes it was just like a young girl came out of high school and she did a film in her closet. You know, wow. but it was somewhat appealing, and they picked it. So I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." You know. Mm. So yeah, so so um, it was it was that huge passion to go to the stage, but it also was that idea that I thought like, um, that's where I am right now. I'm almost I was 29, I believe, mm-hmm. um, or 28, and let's why don't I push it further? You know. Yeah, because I guess I wanted to push it yeah, further, right. and I'm I'm one of the characters, I'm one, or one of the guys. I mean, I'm, when I did my first jobs and earned my first money as a director, I, I wasn't, you know, I was never into flashy cars or anything like that. So I kept mm. it, my money a little bit together so that I can afford the school at that point. Nice. And uh, I thought that's a better investment and that's more fun. So you know, yeah. Uh, in '95, we basically then move to move to LA and then so you know stepping off the stepping off the plane moving get you know going and joining that LA cohort of of directors what does that what does it feel like what is it what's the reality of it because you know there's there's runners that I speak to for some of the episodes and and they kind of go I want to get into Hollywood you know the directing feature film directing but what's the reality and how did it how was it for you kind of going and, and becoming part of that, of that world? Oh, I, I, I honestly, I didn't, at the, at the time, I didn't think about it. Mm. Um, I have to admit, because again, it was just like, Hey, I want to go to the school. I want to be in the States. You know, um, I want to stay in the States. It was, I made that plan up when I was 15, you know, when wow. I was 15, I pinned in a two, a six foot American flag above my bed. And that's like, <laughs> that's where I'm going to be. <laughs> you know, you, know. you learn the anthem, you know, every night you did salute the flag and. <laughs> no, well, not that extreme, but you know, it, again, it's, <laughs> it, it's something, you know, when you, it was in my, it was all in my culture, you know, yeah. all my friends, all the skating, the surfing, the this, the yeah. that. The film, so I always wanted it. Always mm. was quite a weird moment. Then later, you know, I don't know how many years later, when I was standing and in the at the inauguration, it became Americans. You know, I thought like I, I really, literally saw that flag above my bed, you know, wow. in my in my room. But anyway, coming back to the question, I still think it is it is uh, it's not easy by any means mm. to go, and I I. It's, it's not even even easy for me, you know. I still work a lot in in Europe um, or worldwide, which is nice. Um, but um, you know, I saw. I I think I I guess I saw more the business in general and and the and the U.S. in front of me, and not like going through that line. But it's still I still think it's possible. But um, you know what you have to wish for you know it's a it's a long process you have to be out and about meet the right people be there at the right moment at the right time you know but then it's you know 
then I then I guess it's it's cool. And then so you you, you kind of you, you stepped off the plane. You I guess it sounded like you were saying you were kind of late twenties, early thirties. You've you've done your year of, of film school. Yep. And, and it feels like you know that you know kind of going to film school at that time you can't, you could you could just immerse yourself Monday to Sunday in the art form of of directing and learning the craft to then become a career and to have lasted as long and and you know I guess you it sounds like you always truly believed it was going to happen but looking back now that the last 10 15 20 years of, of a career what's what did you learn? What, what's happened? What does, what did America give? What did, you know, and then, and then I, I'm, I'm probably, I do want to ask you the, one of my first questions, which was how does your creative start differ between, between the features and the thing and the documentaries and, and, t- and TV commercials. But what does having worked in America, what's it given you? What, what have you learned? Um, it's it's a big question. I I'm not sure. I think I I learned um, variety because I think shooting here in the U.S. or business in the U.S. is is quite different than let's say in Switzerland or in in Germany mm-hmm. uh, or in Austria or wherever. You know, it's a different it's a different attitude. It's a different way to tackle things to approach things. Um, you know, and we learned that step by step. I think that's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing I learned. And to be um, out here, people are if you're a director or if you're a DP, very 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 focused um, on on the project. And I like that. You know, mm. I mean, obviously in Britain too. You know, but but here here there is a certain I, I'd say aura or thing around it. You know, mm. people are very serious about it. Yeah. And that, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to ask it or else I'll never, I'll keep forgetting to ask it, but that, so you'll create, so that creative process, you know, being a director, having, right. coming up with ideas, letting creativity kind of flow through the body into the finger to write and draw and like, how do you tackle uh, the different formats, the short films, the, the, the features, the TV commercials and music videos, is, is there a, a one size fits all or do you have to, alter your your work no i don't i don't think it's a one size fits all and i mean i have to say even after what now is it 30 years i'm still refining and still working on you know my work process and Mm. and it changes you know it changes the way i want to um now now i'm completely into small crews and you know um as tiny as possible um but that's a different that's a different question the um Music videos I liked uh, quite a bit. You know, when I was before uh, film school and after film school, I did about ten years of om- om- only music videos. Wow! Because for, for some weird reason, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't. Even though I came from that world and already tapped into and won my first li- uh, cam line, hmm. it, there was something that I wasn't too fond of, and I enjoyed the freedom of music videos back in the day. Hmm. You know, because there as a director. And, you know, I'd be, as I mentioned before, coming from a, you know, very musical city. I mean, I basically, my friends and me, we spend about five nights a week in concert halls. Wow. You know, we were lucky. We knew a lot of people, so we could go to every night to a different show, and I loved it. And so later, I loved working with bands. Mm. 
you know, being being with bands, being with them, or talking to the talking to bands, and then coming up with a concept for them because you're the ones who write, you're the one who writes the concept. And that that I really that I really enjoyed quite a bit. Mm. And then, but that that's that was for a for a stretch of about ten years. And then I, I honestly, at that very moment, I turned to my wife and I said, like, if I have one more person dancing in front of my camera, I'm going to freak. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to change. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you know, you did it for 10 days, 10 years. And you're like, you know what? I had it. That's, that's it. And it, it um, accidentally, it fell together with, remember the, what was that, the early 2000s? Mm. Oh, 2000, I think that's when, remember Napster and all, and then suddenly the music video world, that, that went down. Yeah. You know, all the budgets went down. And, you know, and that, I was just like that step in front of it, where yeah. I said like, you know what, I don't want to do it anymore. And then I did, um, and that's something that was really important for me. Then I did, um, I did a half year sabbatical after that. Okay where I wanted to think about, um, you know, it, it was obvious that advertising would be the next step again. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but I wanted to think about it. And then also I wanted to do something else. And I used the sabbatical to work um, as a chef in two kitchens in Hamburg, Germany. Oh, wow. So you can't, did, were, were you working in, in, in America and then went, right, I've got to go. I want to move back to Europe. Or were you... Where was that? No, no, no. It wasn't moving. It wasn't moving. I was just, I was always fascinated with food and still am. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, <clears throat> and it, again, it was something in me that I said like, hey, it was also really the idea that I felt, you know, that I had once with a film school where I said like, you know what, I want to learn more because if mm -hmm. I'm a director and if I want to tell stories about people, you know, I have to, I have to be outside, you know, I have to yeah. do things that, um, because other than that, you become like detached, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I was sitting in LA with a friend and I cooked for him and back in the day with like tons of guests in the house. And I was always cooking and a friend of mine owns a rather well-known restaurant in Hamburg. And he says like, well, whenever you want to, and I said like, you know what, I want to edit, I, I think I'm thinking about the sabbatical, maybe I can go somewhere and, um, work in the kitchen just like you know mm. normal kitchen work and it's just like well you know anytime why don't you wow. you can come by anytime and literally i just grabbed a small bag and and uh, went over there nice. i mean we left we left that we had my wife was still in going uh, was still in the u.s mostly and she came to visit from time to time because my wife is also in the, or was in the film industry and she did, she's a production designer and she did a ton of the big R&B videos back in the day. She did yeah. like, worked with Whitney Houston a ton and oh, sync wow. and, and uh, Christina Aguilera and whatnot. So she was doing her thing and I was going to Hamburg and cook there and I worked from nine, from eight to four in one kitchen and then I, uh, went to the next restaurant and they all worked from four to 12 and that's for half year. Yeah. And that she, that's a really, that's a really understanding wife. And I think an amazing concept to, to even kind of contemplate. Cause you kind of think, well, you must've just, you had a, you had that. I don't want to say like, 
I don't, it's not a weird, it, I kind of, the, the phrase that kind of comes to mind is that kind of midlife crisis of what am I doing, where am I going? But it's not a midlife crisis. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you no, haven't bought the expensive really car wasn't. and having affairs. It was like a, uh, <laughs> something that something that just sparked in you that you're like I've got to go back to I've got to go and do something I've got to go I'm going to go to Hamburg and I'm going to be a chef for six months and you've got a partner that's just like okay cool do what you do that's really yeah. important that's that's an amazing yeah. relationship I also I also like to work with my hands I still do you know mm. so and I felt it was it was I, I wouldn't say the, the mid, uh, mid life crisis I see and I I think it was, I really knew why I would do it. Mm. I wouldn't say it was more, more like a therapy, but it felt good. Yeah. Um, and of course, working in two restaurants, um, day in, day out, working what, uh, 16 hour days, uh, was quite exhausting, because yeah. especially in the kitchen. But at the same, and after that, after those six months, I was really exhausted, but I was also very, very happy. Mm. You know, and then all the, all the, my, uh, my brain was closed again. Um, and uh, and I went and tackled uh, commercials. Yeah, it kind of feel like you emptied you emptied yourself of all of the all of the anxieties that film sets can give you. Do you know? Because it's very, it you know, film sets are a tough place. They're a tough place to work in, and especially music videos. And you know, and I guess for for a busy director that's doing massive commercials, you're kind of you know your treatments, your prep, your po your production, your shooting. Your you know, it's it's a hamster wheel of 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 a certain part of you a certain part of your soul that actually being a sous chef or being a, a, a prep chef or, or or just you know cleaning plates in a kitchen it's a totally different part of you so it, it kind of felt yeah. like did it did you then suddenly go right it's time to leave did you know when it was time to leave and go back was add like the fire just been reignited again no i think it was it was clearly clear that it's only for half a year Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that's what I mean. I knew exactly what it is, mm. um, and I also would look at it this way. I mean, it is also the thing that when you are when you work as a director, um, you know, you work with like it, it's a lot of things happen in your head and you tell stories, you know. But mm. there's a whole world out there uh, that is quite exciting too, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I always and I always wanted to tap into these little. Things so that I'm not the guy who only did this. I, it's not that I, oh, I'm a director and I'm that one trick pony. You know, mm. I think there's more to life than that. Did you get any good stories? Did you get any good ideas when you were in the when you did that? Took the six months off. Um, you know what? Not really, because I was so busy and <laughs> <laughs> dealing dealing with the whole yeah. dealing with the whole situation and try to like you know because it is basically in a, you know working in the kitchen is basically exactly as Anthony Baudin describes it in his first book. So yeah. it was wild, and I soaked it up like a sponge. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm really close friends with a couple of the chefs I worked for to this mm. day, and um, you know. Amazing. It was just an amazing experience, you know, a life experience, and that's awesome. So you've done that, and then you come back. You yeah. knew you knew that commercials were going to be your thing. What did what did the what did that next phase of life look like? What did the 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 kind of the the, the commercials part of your directing career look like? Um, I mean, obviously, it took it took me a while to get uh, into that world, mm -hmm. um, and basically step by step. As I almost almost as I did it before, you know, because after ten years of uh, music videos, I mean, I could show a couple of the, the, the I don't know handful of commercials, 
and the one that I won the con line for, but obviously they were already 10 years old, mm. right? So I was the guy who did, I mean, in Germany, luckily everybody knew me because I did so many music videos and they were awarded and whatnot. And so, um, so but you know how it is. I mean, 30 seconds commercial commercials is a very different beast than yeah. a three minute music video. And, uh, and so people were, it's not that people like, you know, were opening their arms and said like, Hey, that's so great that you finally decided <laughs> to do commercials. Yeah. Come, <laughs> so basically, you know, I get my first one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I, and then I, you know, but then I, I won, you know, the first job, the second job. And then basically they, then I basically started to build out, build up a reel, you know? Mm. Wow. And that's, that's always, that's always something I think for, for younger directors or for directors in general, I find that because, um, um, you know, in the beginning, obviously you start to, you get the, you get the job that is offered to you, mm. you know, and then later, once you then basically at a certain point, you realize what, where your strength is and what you want to do. And, you know, and then you can go after that, you know? Mm. Yeah. But it kind of, it, you know, the, the kind of the six months, I'm, I'm kind of, as you're talking, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I get little visions, I get little thoughts, I get little pictures. And I kind of, it feels like that every time you, can't, you, you, you start something and you get to a point that you suddenly realize that the journey that you've gone on hasn't actually been the destination that you needed to but it's given you the thought process of where you need to then go so it's like you know starting off in stills it was good because it's where you thought but then actually seeing the art director which then led to the um which then led to getting into the production company that led to being a ca in camera team that then you went right there it is that's directing but then even when you're in directing it's kind of it felt like having the the, the passion or the the young child mentality of, or the, or the work experience mentality of just going, I'm just going to say yes to every job. You could have, you could have very easily spent 10 years doing, you know, um, music videos, just gone, right, I'm going to get into TV commercials. And then just kind of, I don't know, it just feels like you've kind of, the excitement, that passion that you started with, you just always kept it. And that's the thing that kept pushing you to find the next thing and is that something that yeah you you know what, yeah what, what, I, I think that's i think that's well put i think that's better than i could have put it no 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 it, 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 it's exactly that it's that excitement that i still have for yeah. for our business absolutely yeah. but at the same time it's also mixed with mixed with life you know and i don't think that other people let's give it that way for me it's not like I'm going to, I'm doing this now and it will be doing it forever because mm. who knows, you know, there's so many, so much things out there that can yeah. be done or you want to try out. And, and I'm sure I think it's, it's the excitement and being curious mm. really. Yeah. Well, looking at your you Instagram, know? you know, I think being a cowboy should be that that's, <laughs> that's the next, that's the next six months <laughs> off is to try and get into the rodeo. If you haven't already done it. You know, just, yeah, yeah, just no, one no, bucking bronco. My wife, yeah, no, no, no. My, we were, I was at a rodeo with my wife and we were, you know, at, on the shoot, which is really exciting. And yeah. I looked down at the back of a bull and my wife, uh, you know, who I'm married to, 
since 25 years, she looked at me and she's like, don't even think about it. She knew exactly <laughs> what I'm going to She knew. Like, she oh, knew. Damn. <laughs> yeah. oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, look, sir, I, I kind of, we've, we're kind of getting close to the hour mark and I, and I love to just keep these in, 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 you know, your time is precious and, you know, I don't, I don't want to kind of go on for, t- for too long. But firstly, I want to say thank you so much for coming on because your story and the passion that you've shown and 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 the kind of reality for for film students and for for that next generation of runners like you just fucking got on with it you just did it you didn't spend days or weeks or years thinking about what to do and moaning that nothing's happened you're just like i've got an idea i'm going to pitch it to them i've got an idea i want to go and hit you know that i think that's from 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 your story that's kind of given me a bit of a push to be like yeah don't sit around and just talk about building this and doing that and and you know it's like you doing it led to the thing it might not have been what you were setting out to do but it led to what you were meant to do and i think that's what i'm taking away and i really really appreciate that um so uh, the and the last kind of little bit i love to just ask the the you know the, the i give the floor to you for the last bit but the second to last question is just the, the advice to your younger self, having gone through what you've gone through, having had the courage to just throw yourself into the deep end in every scenario that you put yourself in, going to America, leaving America, just dropping it all and becoming a, you know, going into and working in the kitchen. Um, you know, what, what would you be saying if I was the younger you, what are you telling me? Um, I, I, I'd say to myself that uh, use, use the time between jobs uh, for your own creativity, mm. you know, which I think I, I did, but I do, do it more, you know, because it's, uh, it's uh, even though we live in weird times, but it's a beautiful world. There are so many interesting things out there. Mm. And I remember that when I was between music videos or between commercials, I would come home and relax and and then you know when you're younger you worry about the next job Mm. you know stop that you know do something that is your passion and then from passion you go to the next step you know yeah like for me with rodeo you know i love i love rodeos i go to rodeos all the time now i'm trying to uh, get a uh, rodeo series done about the uh, a series done about the american rodeo such an institution so we, we spoke offline but um, at the beginning of it, so it's, it's, you know, we're recording this, it's 2020. Uh, and in uh, March, we went and, and I went to Houston to, to see my father, to, uh, father-in-law, my brother-in-law. And, um, and we went and we managed to get to go to the rodeo before um, it all got shut down and locked down. And it feels like a real institution. Like, absolutely. You know, standing up, you know, the anthem's going some of the biggest flags I've ever seen are in Texas, like in Houston, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Sure. Um, and it's such, it, it's got a, it's got this kind of family feel, carnival feel, party environment, and just seeing like these, these men and women riding these, these really angry, angry animals. It's, it's impressive. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is an absolute institution and it is, it, uh, for uh, for smaller community or for communities in rural America, mm. this is basically the highlight of the year, and I, wow. I like that they take pride in it. And you, you were also, you know, I, I by now I was 
I was so happy and so thankful that I could hang out and talk to so many ranchers and cowboys and farmers. Mm. And when you realize, because they all let me in, which is, which is amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, when you realize how hard these people work basically every day, that is the one that is the one time in the year they come together. That's the rodeo where the community really comes together. Everybody helps. Everyone is there. And, you know, it's, that's what they, what they love, you know, it's amazing. Amazing. to celebrate that cowboy way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by it. I, it started again. It started with like a son of mine took me to my first rodeo. She said like, well, let's go to Gallup, New Mexico. You know, mm-hmm. um, my friend is organizing a rodeo. Would you like to come? And I jumped on a motorcycle, went to New Mexico, looked at the rodeo and that was basically it. And since then I keep going to rodeos and now I'm basically, you know, developing that project. So amazing. Well, I look for, I look forward to seeing a video of you riding these horse, like just chasing, <laughs> just trying to lasso one of these little cars now. Like it's incredible, ladies and gents. If you haven't actually, you know, there are so many things that happen at a rodeo, and and the the communication between the cowboy and, and their horse, and the you know there were so many nuances that I had no idea. I thought it was just you know you turn up you. You know, you see a ball and that was it. But there's just so many intricacies and nuances. And, you know, that farming community feel um, is super important. As you said, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, well, look, thank you so much for coming on and, and thank talking you. to us. That it has been, it's been absolutely, it's been such a pleasure to hear um, your story in such, in such, you know, and even now you can just hear it in your voice after 30 years. It's not, it's not about, you, there's no, like the the shine it's like your career in your mind is still this lovely brand new shiny car and it has it's not full of dents it's you know it's like you've got a it I, I just feel like that energy is super important for all of those next generations coming up even when you feel like you're at the top of your game even if you feel like you've done it all and seen it all there's always something and a story to be told and that's what I'm getting from this episode. So I really, really thank you, sir. So for the end, I, I push my wheelie, my little Ikea wheelie chair away from the mic. Um, <laughs> and it's yours to just, you know, if there's someone you want to thank or a project that you want to big up or an association or anything that's on your mind that you just want to kind of um, to get off your chest. The floor is yours, sir. Um, who would you like to, what would you like to say? Thank you so very much. Uh, I obviously, as we talked about it uh, several times before, I want to give a big shout out to my wife, um, who is uh, an amazing trooper and uh, the best thing in my life. Um, I'm thankful for her um, and all her energy. Uh, And obviously, I'm also uh, thankful to all everybody I work with um, throughout the world. Boom. And that's it. And we've talked about in the episode, it's like that person, it's, you know, it's that strong character. It's that strong person behind, you know, without the ability to, without that one person behind you, that's going, go for it, follow your dream, push it, push it, push it. It's really tough to make it in this industry. No. And, and, and I was so thankful for your, and you know, for, for that we recorded that, you know, and we talked about her several times and, and we just had, and I'm not, I'm not kidding you. We had, we just had, um, uh, how do you say that, a silver anniversary. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're married now since 25 years. Wow. And she, is, she, she is the one person 
that pushes me all the time. You mm. know, she is the one person, and and you picked up on that. She is the one person when I'm gone for three months, she doesn't care. Mm. You know, she she is the one person who who pushes me further. You know, and and that's that's so amazing to have. Mm. You know, there there's no better. It it doesn't get any better. You're know? a lucky man. Yeah, no, I know. You know, again, you know, we, 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 and you said like, remember when we talked about, you know, the, the my cooking experience? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, like, what was your wife thinking? And she's like, oh, she pushed me out the door. And not because she was, I, I don't, I, I, I can't say she was tired of me, you know? Yeah, I know. She's like, you know what? Follow your dream. Yeah. Follow your dream. She knows you. You know, and yeah, no, she loves me. She loves me. And that's, and that's the best thing you can do. And then you, all you can do is love back, you know. Nice. Ugh, what a beautiful ending to a fantastic episode. Uh, well, look, ladies and gents of the film gods, I know you've had an amazing time listening. It's going to have just given you, I hope, that impetus that even if you're not in the film industry, that passion for a project that you have you know, you may be working in a job that you don't enjoy, but you love art or photography or something. You can still do it. You can find time. You can make time. Um, have a lovely, lovely, lovely rest of lockdown, UK. Um, and wherever you are in the world, you know, coronavirus seems to be still happening and pushing people into decisions and doing things that they hadn't and wouldn't normally want to do and i just send you all massive love and massive massive uh, positive vibes just that that you can all get through this um and once we're through this there's going to be a netflix series or there's going to be something about the 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 rodeo and it's going to be this man here on this podcast and you would have heard it here first um so just big love thank you so much for listening ladies and gents and until we meet again that is a wrap so that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. I give it a shout at the end so you all know the name. It's the Film Gods Podcast. The what? The Film God Podcast.